0: It was believed that just before midnight on the 30th of April, witches would meet on mountaintops, at crossroads, and in forests. <laughs> I'm your host Sarah. And I'm your host, Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods Podcast. This episode is all about Valpurge's Nugt. It is Valpurge's Nukt, Beltane, May Day, all sorts of things. anything about Beltane traditions?
1: No, I do not.
0: Not a thing. Not a sausage, I'm guessing. Nope. Do you know anything about pagans? Pagans are
1: like something like cool people that you don't like.
0: Oh no, no not in that sense. That's, <laughs> that gets a new one on me. First of all, we'll give a little update on George because thanks to everybody who sent their well wishes, George is doing fine um We're still waiting, actually, for physio and things like that for him. And for anybody else who doesn't know what happened, George, my son, Toby's big brother, he's 17, fell from a second-story roof. He was in ICU, um, but he pulled through, which is amazing. Um He has got a few issues because he... He's got problems with mobilising his right side, so he does need a lot of support at the moment, and that's why we stopped the podcast for a few weeks, so that we could find our feet again. Yes. Indeed. I don't want any more of those phone calls. I've had two in, like, the last six months. I don't want any more now. All right? Okay. So you'll find me on Valpurgisnacht, which is actually the day I mean we're recording this on Friday but it's on Sunday I'm going to be out there running around naked making please spells don't. of protection why not
1: <laughs> please don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> running wild through the woods doing magic okay stitch
1: your witchcraft and all that just leave that naked stuff
0: okay maybe they not none of that. Yeah. getting a bit old for the naked <laughs> I get too cold <laughs> So we have a review to read. This one is, we especially want to give a a shout out for a young man. He's obviously been very patient um, because we haven't been giving any shout outs recently.
1: This is from Leeds Swaz. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant podcast. I found the podcast by accident. I usually only listen to sports and true and a few true crime podcasts but this one is excellent. The lady and Toby tell the story so well and in such a friendly manner. I listened to the podcast in bed with my eight-year-old son, Theo. Lights out. He just loves the podcast so much. He's your number one fan. Please keep the podcast going. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Aw, hello, Theo. Thanks so much. We hope you are enjoying listening um, and hope you enjoy these new episodes. Right, now, the episode is broken down a little bit, so we're doing about Velpurgisnought and Hexenort. Um So this is like the eve of May Day. We're going to ca- kind of cover a bit of European history about this. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Velpurgisnought is a thinning period... One of the few points of the year where the veil between the living and the dead, the seen and the unseen, the land of the fae folk and that of humans, dissipates. This period has its origins in the ancient Celtic Sabbath of Beltane, a festival of fire that was celebrated throughout Europe to welcome spring and the turning of the wheel. During this stage, one can more easily commune with our ancestors, but, as such, one must be mindful of malevolent entities, who may be lurking in the dark corners, as this transitional period brings them closer to our world, the world of the living. Saint Falperga for who this knight was named, travelled from Dorset in England to Germany as a missionary to convert the still very pagan populace to Christianity. The Germanic people would eventually revere Valperga for bringing them this new religion and her supposed skills to kill the sick, fight off witches Protect people from storms and sailors from fear of the sea were legendary. Saint Valperga died on the 25th of February of either 777 or 779, and was canonized on the 1st of May 1870 by Pope Adrian II, and her bones were taken to Eichstadt. Where they were laid to rest inside a rocky niche. According to mythology, the sight of Valperga's bones began to exude a therapeutic oil, and pilgrims flocked to visit her shrine. Valperga's feast day, according to the Christian calendar, is the day of her death, 25th of February. But during the medieval period, in Finland, Sweden and Bavaria. It was celebrated on the 1st of May, the day of her canonization and the transfer of her relics, and these traditions are still upheld throughout Northern Europe and Scandinavia. Valpurgis Night, or Witch's Night, is the name given to the eve of this day, which occurs exactly six months after Halloween. But this is no coincidence, as both festivals derive from the earlier pagan Sabbaths of Samhain and Beltane, two significant dates in the pagan calendar which commemorate the changing of the seasons as darkness gives way to light. The Church dedicated new festivals to these days, All Saints Day and the Feast of Valpurgis. But they weren't entirely successful in stamping out pagan beliefs or practices, however, and this is particularly applicable in the more remote areas of Germany, such as the Harz Mountains, where these rituals would continue well up to the 16th century. The horrific persecution of witches ensued, with Germany holding some of the most gruesome witch trials in history, These burning times coincided with the belief that the highest peak in the Haas Mountains, Mount Brocken, was a meeting place for witches, who held their magical rites atop. Mount Brocken in itself is surrounded by legends, not only of witches, but of the devilish creatures that stalk the mountain. It was believed that just before midnight, on the 30th of April, Witches would meet on mountain tops, crossroads and forests, taking to the skies on all manner of transportation, be it brooms, pitchforks, or billy goats. In their place they would leave a Vicarian daemonum, a demonic double, and would await the arrival of the horned god. Upon his appearance, The night of the witches would truly commence. (laughs) Village folk would come together on the 30th of April to drive out these unnatural forces, banishing witches and protecting themselves from evil spirits. And this custom continues in modern times. On this night, the people of Haas dress as witches and demons in an attempt to drive out the mystical forces with fireworks, banging pots and pans to make as much noise as possible, and drive back all evil entities. The 30th of April has significance, as in North mythology, it is believed that on this date, Odin, the god of magic, married his beloved Freya atop the Brocken Peak. Brocken is shrouded in mists for up to 300 days of the year, and the Brocken Spectre is a common sight on the mountain, no doubt adding to these wonderfully creepy legends of old. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe took upon these legends when he wrote the play Faust, which is based upon the medieval legend of a man who sells his soul to the devil. Now to the brocken the witches ride, the stubble is gold and the corn is green, and squire Uranius will come to preside, so over the valley our company floats, with witches a-farting on stinking old goats. This night is also known as Hexenaut, which translates as Witches' Night. And our Scottish anthropologist Sir James Fraser writes in his 1890 book, The Golden Bough, a comparative study on magic and religion quote, In Central Europe, the favourite time for expelling the witches is, or was, Valpurgis Night, the eve of May Day, when the belfour powers of these mischievous beings were supposed to be at their height. In the Tyrol, for example, as in other places. The expulsion of the powers of evil at this season goes by the name of Burning Out the Witches. It takes place on May Day, but people have been busy with preparations for days before. On a Thursday at midnight, bundles are made up of resinous splinters, black and red-spotted hemlock, capper's rosemary and twigs of the slow, These are kept and burned on May Day by men who must first have received plenary absolution from the Church. On the last three days of April, all the houses are cleansed and fumigated with juniper berries and rue. On May Day, when the evening bell has rung and the twilight is falling, the ceremony of burning out the witches begins. Men and boys make a racket with whips, bells, pots and pans. The women carry censers. The dogs are unchained and run barking and yelping about. As soon as the church bells begin to ring, the bundles of twigs, fastened on poles, are set on fire and the incense is ignited. Then all the house bells and dinner bells are rung. Pots and pans are clashed. Dogs bark Everyone must make a noise, and amid this hubbub, all scream at the pitch of their voices, Witch flee, witch flee from here, or it will go idly with thee. Then they run seven times round the houses, the yards and the village, so the witches are smoked out of their lurking places and driven away. The custom of expelling the witches on Valpurgis night is still, or was, down to recent years, observed in many parts of Bavaria and among the Germans of Bohemia. Thus, in the Balm of Old Mountains, all the young fellows of the village assemble after sunset, on some height, especially at a crossroads, and crack whips for a while in unison, with all their strength. This drives away the witches, for so far as the sound of the whips is heard, these maleficent beings can do no harm. In some places... While the young men are cracking their whips, the herdsmen wind their horns and the long-drawn notes heard far off in the silence of night are very effectual for banning the witches. Valpurgis Night is also often referred to as Hexenbrunn, the burning of the witches. And in the Czech Republic, it is a holiday where effigies of witches are burned on pyres and it is believed that they ignite easier in a warmer climate. People were of the belief that evil spirits would thwart the Queen of Spring from returning. They would hide their brooms and billy goats, lie socks on their beds in the shape of a cross, place pentagrams and salt used for protection around the home and hearth, and smoked out the village with herbs such as rue and St. John's wort, in an attempt to ban the witches from entering. The 30th of April is a time for the sun to shine, and the last day for dark witches to cast their evil, be it on crops or hexes on the village folk, and it was of utmost importance that all would be done to disable their mischief, before the light reigned once more. Mm, witches are farting. They are. Sounds a bit like you up in your bedroom. Sure. You were chatting again in your sleep this morning.
1: Was I? You were indeed. What was I saying?
0: You were speaking in tongues. Huh? That's what they say, like, when people get possessed, you know, and they speak all different languages that they've never (laughs) spoken before. You weren't, actually. I'm just kidding you. You were, I don't know, grumbling and mumbling. What is a feast day? It's a festival and it's like particularly in Christianity, um, that they celebrate a saint on a certain day. Mm. And so her feast day is the 25th of February. And what is canonized? That's when, um, basically they declare somebody to be a saint. So their bones then become relics and they're moved and people like go and see the relics and they, um, honor them. It's like they, it's like an altar for them. So people go to wherever they are, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, she, she wasn't actually canonized though for a hundred years, which is mind you, I don't really know how long it takes to canonize somebody, but, um, it seems interesting that they did wait until the first of May to do it so that they could then celebrate her canonization on what was Beltane already. So that it's that thing about, um, Different religions sort of merging into one, and they yeah. wanted to sort of make those holidays pagan pagan holidays. They wanted to make them Christian so that people could would still recognise them. You know, yeah, interesting stuff. And did you know that packs with the devil are also known as Faustian bargains? Nope. Well, that's because it comes from the poem. Which is another thing, just to point out, because I find all of this really interesting. Do you think you would ever be tempted to make a deal with the devil? Yeah. Really? No, no. <laughs> Seriously. Like dance with the devil. Oh yeah, every night up in your bedroom, pulling your moves. But I wouldn't, you <laughs> see. I really, w- really wouldn't risk it, just in case. Mm. You know, I wonder like. I'm sure that people who Really don't believe in any of it. I bet you, if you ask them, but would you make a deal with the devil, they'd probably still say nah. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So in the play, Faust was an alchemist. Do you know what an alchemist is? No. It's somebody who, like, transfer, transforms things by magic. A bit like me. (gasps) And my magical self. Also, do you recognize the Brock Inspector? because nah. we spoke about that in shadow people episode remember and it looks like it's the shadow if you're up a mountain and you can see a shadow a massive shadow remember mm. with all the like the fog around it it's think so. really quite creepy and that's where it comes from that same very same mountain mm. so it's like you know it's got a lot of stuff going on man yeah man. i want to go there <laughs> <laughs> i want to go everywhere I actually don't want to fly because I'm too frightened.
1: I love flying. I couldn't be a
0: flying witch.
1: I want to, I just want to travel the world.
0: Yeah, good for you. <laughs> um, and so you should. Right. Are you ready for the second part of our stories?
1: Yes, I am.
0: So this second part is, um, is focused more around Beltane and sort of a bit of Welsh and yeah. But anyway, let's do it. Beltane is traditionally held on the 1st of May, though officially begins from moonrise on the 30th of April and lasts through to the next day. Beltane, meaning bright fire, and referring to the god Belinus, with bell meaning bright one and tane meaning fire, is a Gaelic May Day festival held in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man, but historically throughout Britain. And is one of the four main Gaelic festivals, the other three being Samhain, Imbolc, and Lunasar. During Beltane, the god Belinus would be honoured as a protector of cattle and giver of light. The leader of the Celtic tribe, Cattavelluni, from the southern region of Britain, took the name Cuno Belinus, Hound of Belinus, during his reign which lasted for 40 years until 43D, with his festival being held on the 1st of May. Rituals would be carried out during Beltane, with cattle being blessed by the sacred fire. The Druids would drive the cattle between two magnificent fires, which would be compiled of the nine sacred woods. Birch for creativity and fertility, Rowan for protection, Ash for divination and knowledge, Elder for prophecy, Willow for protection against natural catastrophes, hawthorn for decision-making, Oak, an especially sacred tree to the Druids, for protection, strength, success and good fortune, Holly also for protection, and Hazel for wisdom and knowledge. Fraser also wrote of the Beltane fires, Quote, The fire had the appearance of being immediately derived from heaven, and manifold were the virtues ascribed to it. They esteemed it as a preservative against witchcraft, and a sovereign remedy against malignant diseases, both in the human species and in cattle, and by it the strongest poisons were supposed to have their nature changed. It was purported that if anyone involved in the making of the fire had been guilty of rape, theft or murder, the fire would not kindle or would not possess the potency required. But these rituals were not only full of light, they had their dark side. As many human sacrifices were made in an attempt to appease the gods. Which brings us to the Wicker Man. According to Julius Caesar, a Roman general who led the Roman army in the Great Gaelic Wars, ginormous effigies were built in which sacrifices were made by the Druids. He wrote in Book 6 of his commentary on the walls, quote, The nation of all the Gauls is extremely devoted to superstitious rites and on that account, they who are troubled with unusually severe diseases, and they who are engaged in battles and dangers either sacrifice men as victims or vow that they will sacrifice them and employ the druids as the performers of those sacrifices because they think that unless the life of a man be offered for the life of a man, the mind of the immortal gods cannot be rendered propitious and they have sacrifices of that kind ordained for national purposes. Others have figures of vast eyes, the limbs of which formed of osiers, they fill with living men, which being set on fire, the men perish enveloped in the flames. They consider that the oblation of such as have been taken in theft or in robbery or any other offence is more acceptable to the immortal gods but when a supply of that glass is wanting, they have recourse to the oblation of even the innocent. This roughly translates to men were burned as sacrifices in large men made of wicker. Human sacrifices were made, usually of people found guilty of robbery or other offences, but if there weren't any crims available, pretty much anyone else would do. To the best of my knowledge, the Brits no longer sacrifice humans on Beltane and have a much more civilised but not necessarily less hedonistic attitude to the welcoming of spring. A Beltane fire is held every year in Edinburgh and we instead celebrate in a much more twee manner on what is now popularly known as May Day with village fates, crowning of the May Queen possibly a throwback to the Roman Festival of Flora which was held around the same time. Maypoles with their phallic symbolism, Morris dancers with their ritualistic dance, Jack in the Green parades, hobby horses and a visit to the pub. It is, after all, a bank holiday here in the UK. Beltane also draws parallels to the Welsh Celtic Festival of Callan May, or Callan Half, which is also celebrated on the first day of May. There are many customs associated with this festival, including the lighting of great fires made with nine sacred wood, as the ancient farmers rejoiced at the returning of spring. During this time, villagers and cattle would move from their homes in the valleys to the summer pastures of the higher lands, Hafod, and on Kalin May, winter and summer would enter a great battle. Winter is defeated, which is celebrated with much dance and merriment. Small groups of young males would sing May carols at individual homes to bring good luck and prosperity, and in return they would receive rewards of food and drink. Villagers would gather hawthorn to adorn their homes to celebrate new birth and fertility. But May Eve, Nos half was known to be is Britnos, a spirit night, where the realm of the supernatural came close to that of the living. Villagers would ensure to protect themselves from witches on this night by drawing chalk crosses on every door. In Monmouthshire, they would make crosses from twigs, and in Carmarthenshire, they would use branches from the mountain ash. In comparison to other parts of Britain. The Welsh weren't as barbaric when it came to the witch trials, but there are some stories of devilry and witchcraft in their history. There is also a custom known as Croggy welt, hanging the straw man. This game was played on Callan May in Carnarvonshire and Anglesey, between two love rivals. If a man had lost his sweetheart to another, he would make an effigy of his love rival out of straw pin a note to it and leave it in his lost love's home. These notes, being about their competitors in love, would not be flattering and would often lead to fights, bringing a splash of blood to May Day and its rituals. These are just a few of the May Day traditions across Europe. Spring festivals are a real melting pot of customs and beliefs. I love the word hound. It's really visceral. I just love it. It's so much better than saying dog. Don't you think? It just conjures up so, so much. Like a really scary beast. A hound. 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 I watched the Wicker Man movie when I was quite young. It's really good. I love it. And I oh, think been
1: on the Wicker Man.
0: What's the Wicker Man? Well, what do you mean? Alton Towers. Is there a, is there a ride called the Wicker Man? Yeah. What happens?
1: It's just like this wooden roller coaster and like this big like devil of creature. Who is that? Yeah, you just go through it and it's blowing smoke into your face. Ah, like,
0: uh, okay, interesting. Like a wicker man. Mm. Um. Yeah, I watched it years ago when I was probably quite late teens or something, and um, I was quite obsessed because they're, they're in this bit that in the movie there's a bit with this woman and she dances around naked. <laughs> <laughs> It's like really, really pagan film. What is pagan? Pagan is like anything other than the main religions. So you were classed, and it was quite derogatory at the time, if you did not follow Christianity or if you went Jewish, that kind of thing, so the main religions, you were classed as a pagan, like a heathen. Like an atheist or something. (sighs) No, because you still kind of followed a religion, but it was more to do with the earth gods and things like that. Mm. Um. So, yeah, they just thought you were dimwit if you did that. And, like, a country bumpkin. Country bumpkin. <laughs> I don't believe in...
1: There's no gods, but I just say there's a creator.
0: A creator, yeah.
1: I mean, there's got to be something where... If we're here right now, like, and all of this stuff around us, there's got to be someone who created it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I think it's all one of the same, really, to be honest with you. A lot of the stuff is moral stories to keep us all in line so we, we don't misbehave and run about killing and raping each other. Um, but I think, you know, it's all one of the same. We're all kind of interconnected. Yeah. You know, interconnected with each other. Yeah. So the etymology of, The word pagan, it comes from Latin word pagus, which basically means to dwell in the countryside. What does phallic mean? Phallic basically means willy-shaped. Oh. So if you see something structurally tall, thin, (laughs) it's kind of phallic-shaped. And you Mm -hmm. see a lot of that in pagan sort of symbolism. Um, but, But also... Um, on the opposite side of that, they have, uh, Sheila, Sheila Nagigs, which are like in a lot of churches. They don't know why they're in a lot of churches. They think maybe the pagans had to put their mark on the churches. And they are ladies who are basically nat- naked and, um, expressing themselves in a childbearing position. Mm. Roger and I often go. Green man hunting around churches, and Sheila the gig hunting. So it's a bit like Pokemon hunting, but for grown-ups. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, most of these festivals around this time are about fertility and spring, as everything's coming back to life again, new birth. You know, lambs, mm. lambing yes. season. All that wonderful stuff and saying, hopefully, goodbye to these horrid, grey, drizzly or miserly days that we're having lately. Do you know what, though? What? I'm really surprised that we do not do anything about this night because it's just pretty much the same as Halloween. Mm. So I think, right, on Sunday night, we'll get some sweets. We can't do any pumpkins (laughs) because it's not the season. But I reckon we should carve some potatoes. I'm right. You don't want to do that? <laughs> <I mean. laughs> what on earth is wrong with you?
1: I don't want to carve a potato. I'm going to carve a potato. Mm, will you do that then?
0: I will. I'm going to put a candle in it. and I'm going to put it outside the front door. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that if anybody else does anything for Valpurgis Night, they should come along and tag us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook of which we'll leave all of the links in the podcast notes. How does that sound? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll give them a shout out on the next episode.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tell us what you would like to hear.
0: Yeah, it has been it's really good to be back, actually. It feels a bit alien, doesn't it? Mm. I think I've lost my podcasting skills. (laughs) Goodbye. Take care, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?